Wired helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the TMV podcast by the Muslim Vibe, sponsored by Wahid Invest. This week I'm joined by Asya Algadi. I, yeah, I knew that was going to happen, but we'll carry on, it's fine. <laughs> cool. Asya Algadi and Usama Minhas. Assalamu alaikum, thank you both for joining me. Um, so the reason you're actually both here is uh, Asya got in touch with me off the back of your award winning poetry the other day. Other day? Other week? How long ago was it? January 7th. January 7th. A couple of weeks, yeah. So it was the Hammer and Tongue National Slam Poetry yeah. Award competition. Um, it was like a national poetry slam. So it's off the back of regional poetry slams and stuff yeah. like that. And and you won the, the national prize. Alhamdulillah. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank you. And um, I guess we're, we're probably going to play a, a clip of that award-winning poem now. Um, so do you, do you want to introduce it or should we just play it? Uh, so this poem is called See Something, Say Something. Um, and it won the... It won the final at the national. Have you seen something strange or out of place? If you have a concern about something you've seen or heard that could identify a terrorist threat, why not report it? Call the police in confidence on 0800 786 432. Now you can play your part in helping to tackle terrorism and extremism. It's as simple as, see something, say something. Do you work in the public sector? Do you have a student or patient who suddenly stopped shaving his beard? See something, say something now. Have you heard someone speaking Arabic on a train? Are they dressed strangely or carrying a mysterious backpack? Ask yourself, are they brown? <laughs> it's probably nothing, but your call could save lives. Oh, and do your Muslim neighbours keep bringing you free, delicious food in Ramadan? Call us now on 0800-786-432. That's 0800-786-432. Remember, national security starts with you. See something, say something. A war on citizenry is not a war. A community of spies is not a community. Human rights are not negotiable. Torture does not work. See something, say something. Students are not suspects. 82% of the British population is white. 88% of Schedule 7 detentions at ports of entry and exit are non-white. White supremacy killed Joe Cox. You cannot bomb an ideology. You cannot bomb your ideology into others. Tony Blair is not a peacekeeper. The threat level for a terror attack is not severe or critical. There are less terror attacks in Western Europe today than any other time since the 70s. You are more likely to die from food poisoning than a terror attack. There is no war on fish and chips. <laughs> say something, say something. You cannot shoot freedom from a gun. You cannot drop freedom from a plane. Democracy cannot be imposed. Democracy cannot be sold. Blood money cannot buy life. There is a genocide in Palestine. They do not hate you for your freedoms and way of life. They hate you because you took theirs. The war on terror created ISIS. There is a genocide in Iraq. There is no Facebook photo filter for dead Muslims. There is no moment of silence for dead Muslims. There is a genocide in Syria. Your government is still selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. There is a genocide in Yemen. 
An American drone strike killed 16-year-old American citizen Abdurrahman Anwar al-Awlaki. Six years later, a commando raid killed his eight-year-old sister. The bullet hole in her neck bled out for two hours as she told her mother not to worry. See something, say something. They do not hate you. They just want to live. See something, say something. The bombs we pay for need a target. The bombs we pay for need a target. A surveillance state needs a market. Fear is the most instinctive selling mechanism. A police state needs a suspect. Soon that suspect will be you. See something, say something. I am not at war. Are you? Well, yeah, so that's uh, some really powerful stuff. Um, I guess what, what was the, the kind of motivation behind that piece in itself? Where did it come from? That piece was written actually for Cage. Cage did a, a poetry and arts night a while ago, mm. and they did a competition, um, and the theme was the war on terror. And so that poem was actually written for the Cage competition. It then ended up becoming one of the pieces I performed at the national final and it yeah. ended up being it wasn't intended to be the final piece but it ended up being the one I performed last and like just you know wow it did the job that's uh, that's pretty cool yeah and uh, Asya shout out Cage shout out Cage yeah wow. <laughs> um, said, I mean how, how do you guys know each other how did you because you got in touch with me obviously about Osama's work yeah. I think he was a friend or colleague sure. or so what, what's the story there so um, we went to a fundraiser for uh, the recent flood in Mogadishu and um, held by um, some very, uh, very remarkable young, young Somali people who were really out there uh, doing the work. Mm. And um, I saw Osama come on and at the time I was hosting a monthly poetry night. Oh, shout out Poetry and Shah. That's, it's called Poetry and Shah. No, it's not. <laughs> Wasn't that poetry and shah? No, that's poetical word. Poetry and shah is what AJ was at the other day. Poetry and shah is Troy Kabita's thing. That's what correctly. the Somali fundraiser was. Oh, is that what? Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought you meant my the one no, no, I'm. No, 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 I was no. like, Lord, okay. No. So we met at poetry and shah. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, I didn't and realize then... that was a poetry and shah event. Yeah, yeah. Look at me, hey, yeah, you're not anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so people should check out poetry and shah. People check out poetry and shah. Yeah. Check out, check out everyone that's associated. They are listen hey mm. um and um and yeah so i remember seeing him perform um and i think you did see something because you had like a 10 minute set and i think you did like you did see something say something you also did a couple others and yeah. i was i was really here for it. you you actually rapped as well because yes, he's a rapper i don't know this in this one yeah. multifaceted and um he he really he was he was really good i was very very impressed um if you know, in, in and I remember actually saying to a mutual friend of ours that um, what I really liked about Osama's style was that he managed to balance like flow and, and the accessibility that you get with that with like still very poignant criticism mm. and um, and commentary, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so I was just, I have a lot of time for it and I slightly bullied the guy who runs Poetical Word. Shout out Poetical Word, guys, I love Shout you. Shout out Poetical Word. <laughs> Uh, and I um, was like, because I was I was going to be hosting this the uh, end of year show, and I was like, can I just get a small request? Can we get Osama Minhas? And he's like, listen, I'll drop him a message, see what's good. 
And uh, from there, I'm going to say a professional working relationship was born. Because <laughs> I don't want to push it and be like, we friends. <laughs> no, but, um, but no, but and, and then I remember actually when you won, um, I was I was like, obviously, this is amazing and everything. And you put out this thing. So Did you try to take some credit for it? You know, Did you I message him and be like, hey, I, know what? I gave you, do you know a what? Listen, do you know what? I actually tweeted. I actually tweeted like the next day or something like, um, listen, he was at our end of year show. Okay, I got him at the end of your show. And he's always been a contender and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, and you then, guessed. Then, yeah, yes, I was guessed. No but, no, but shout out you and shout out. Um, you don't, you know, we heard this in the last podcast as well. People didn't shout. You don't know if she's here. I mean, no, no, no. What I mean is, is the way that after it happened, before and then after it happened, the way that Asia and the way that the political word people and like a bunch of there's a whole list of other people Mm -hmm. um, were celebrating with me and holding me up and and um, in a very kind of substantive way, actually celebrating what it meant that a Muslim won, as opposed to just being like, yes, that's our guy, we gave him a shot. It was more like this is awesome. We should all be on board and we should all celebrate. And she was one of them. And so was Qadus and all those guys. Mm. That's important, I think. Yeah, no, 100%, um, of course. No, and Q's always been about that. So. And I think, like, beyond that, because um, I say you, you perform poetry as well, mm-hmm. right? How how do you guys operate in the space? And, and I, I thought it would be nice if we could talk about the kind of ego side of things. Mm. Um, because as soon as I went on your Facebook page, for example, I saw, like, the AJ Plus video and, and like a million other different things. Yeah. And like that's got to kind of hit you. And likewise, you know, when you get off stage and people come up to you and they're like, oh my God, that was the most amazing thing ever. Like how how do you as as kind of poets deal with that side? Like do you, do you let it, do you, do you have to stop it and suppress that or do you just like just ride the wave and enjoy it? How, how does that all work? Oh, I'm sipping my tea. You just won a national competition, my G. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely to, to taking be, point on this fair, one. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll tag on my little thoughts later. How do you right. deal with ego and, and pride? Uh, you don't. I don't think you overcome or, or kind of accomplish it. I think I think it's something I struggle with every day. Um, and I think as long as you are worried about your ego you're in the right place the moment you stop being worried mm. the moment you are no longer cognizant of how is this affecting my ego that's when you have a problem um when you are worried that's your that's your heart actually keeping you in check um but, but can it you, doesn't can, mean can you not still be a passenger in that whole thing you are though i mean you know ego is so many things um and i think i always tell people that poetry is self-indulgent what like performance poetry especially <laughs> And I, feel I do like, want to say it, but you know, <laughs> no, 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 real talk, like, yeah. <clears throat> you know, um, these people are watching you and there's a part of you that, that, that enjoys it. There's a part of you that definitely loves the, the attention. I think you just have to keep trying to refine your intention and keep reminding yourself why you're doing this. And at the end of the day, like what you are saying is more important than who's saying it. And so if you're committed to your cause, really, whether you like it or not, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there either I could be like fake humble and choose to step away 
But that would also be a disservice because the gift that you're given, you've neglected it for your own sake because you wanted to save yourself when you had a gift that could save other people. That's the wrong approach. At the expense of yourself, though, is what you're implying. Yeah, so your your mindset is like, okay, I can do such and such a thing, but it's going to bring attention to me. The people are going to love me, mm -hmm. therefore I won't go that way and I'll keep to myself and save myself. That's the wrong approach also, that's selfish. If you've been given something, then you need to also have the humility of recognizing that you've been burdened with that responsibility. Mm -hmm. So you then have to step up to the challenge. And in that process, it's just a constant process of reminding yourself that you're nothing. I said, do you want to follow that up? <laughs> I, was, I was really like, I'm going to learn from this guy today. Um, I don't know how I feel about the whole nothing thing, though. I think... Um, I think for me, it's it's been um, a very personal process. I think that ego is quite, especially literally in performance poetry, it's quite performative. It's it's very public. It's very done for the masses. Um, but for me, there's there's the kind of the counterbalance, which is how that ties into your sense of self worth and how that ties into mm. your sense of who you are as a person um, and where you get your affirmation from and where you get your your validity from um and i think that for me it's part of a, a much more personal intrinsic conversation that i'm constantly having with myself and constantly trying to hone and and refine um about making sure that i'm not relying on other people for my sense of validation mm, and my sense yeah. of of yeah. Of, of finding meaning in what yeah. I do and, and who I am. And I think that that's, it's a difficult thing to contend with because arguably I could do that and not be on a stage, right? Like I could, I could write, I could, I could write anonymously and I could be, it's actually really funny. I was having a conversation with AJ. Shout out AJ. Um, she's out, AJ. amazing. Antonia, she was one of the finalists actually. She's, listen, she, you check her out. Antonia Jade King. She was, um, and I was saying to her like, you know, I wasn't sure if I should be writing under my own name or if I should, you know, because so far I've, a lot of the work I've produced and put on social media has been under a different name. And, um, but then I get on stage and like, I, I, I put my name down as my name at an open mic and then people, and so I'm slowly people like, this is Asia. Um, not like anyone actually knows, but like a few people like, this is Asia. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of, presented like a slight conundrum for me and I was going back and forth with her and I was saying I, I wanted to kind of keep it all separate keep my writing somewhat anonymized um in part almost out of ego and in vanity to because I, I was like I feel like my work should speak for itself like people I'm gonna do like a really ridiculous voice because it's a ridiculous thing that I'm saying um but like my work should speak for itself and you know people shouldn't go to it because they like me they should go to it because they like my work <laughs> it's just and I said, I just, I feel like, you know, I should be discovered. And she went, sis, we're black women. Who's looking for us? And I was like, I feel like that point <laughs> extends broadly. But it was a very, it was a very realist, very practical point. She was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you do want to be on stage. You do want to be recognized. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with, you know, and we kind of, we were going back and forth. It's an unfinished conversation. AJ, hit me up here. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely one that I think with every, every uh, stage that you get to, every every bit of comfort that you acquire, every everything that you traverse, you get to a point 
and you have to reassess you have to reevaluate like okay but really why am i doing this okay but you know and it's just a it's it's that constant process and for me i know that i actually came back to writing because i was i first the first spoken word poet i ever came across was a guy called fenzwan who i don't know what he's doing now but listen he the way he just lit a fire in me was amazing when i was 17 I was writing for a few years, I tried to perform a little bit and it was cool and then I realised it was very <clears throat> egotistical. It was very much about um, the, the performance, the theatricism. <laughs> like, and I actually had one friend just, not really, he didn't cuss me out but he shaded me for definite. He was just like, what are you really affecting in yeah. the world as a poet? Like, what are you, what are you? He was like, I don't get it. Like, mm. he was like, I can't. And he wasn't, he didn't actually, no, he didn't say that about me but he was like, I don't get these poets, these guys who go to, he actually had certain names for them, which I shan't mention because this is a family podcast, but he was like, the guys will go to poetry nights or open mic nights and be like, with a trilby and like a blazer, and be like, you know, I'm this type of guy and I'm talking about the cause and the revolution and this and that. And he was like, but these guys don't do anything. Like They leave and then that's it, that's the end of the conversation. And so what is really the point? Like, who are they and what are they doing? And I don't want to waste my time watching them. And that really stuck with me because I was like, oh my God, it's really performative. Oh my God, it's a waste of time. And I got really insecure about it. So coming back to it, I remember thinking, I want to write for me. And so for me, the, the thing that I try to come back to always with my writing is how accurate is it? How much is it a reflection of what actually happened? Yeah. Not what I want to say happened, not what I think would be pretty. Not No, what actually happened. And that has been a really good way to anchor myself. And I think then beyond that I very egotistically I think that there are little versions of me somewhere in the world who would benefit from having someone that they could look at and go you know okay so Mm. I can do these things and be these people and I can still have a loving family and still have um support from my community and still not and not feel ostracized for whatever views I have or whoever I'm becoming or whatever kind of identity I'm trying to construct um and that is, is very much all a part of it. And I think yeah. it's just a constant conversation. I think there's, there's actually two things that, um, <coughs> that that you guys, when you were both collectively saying, I think the first thing is that it's it's almost, for me, it's become a symptom of the times in terms of like social media um, has created a very kind of ego-driven society. Mm. So like, you know, they, they, they talk about the kind of, I think it's endorphins or whatever that you get every time you get a like and that kind of, it's like a little mm. um, hit of, of some sort of drug, mm. just that kind of external approval. And as much as we can drive towards destroying the self and, and moving towards this kind of place where we don't need any external um, approval or praise or anything at the same time, mm. we're almost fighting a losing battle. And I, I think, I, I mean, in for me, it's, it's quite a, a sort of um, spiritual um, thought, this kind of d- destroying of the self. And, you know, that's kind of there in, in the sort of Sufi schools and whatever else, right? But then society's evolved in such a way that we, we are just in this kind of instant gratification type place. And with the advent of, of technology and everything else, it's becoming increasingly difficult. And I think that it's interesting because when whenever you do talk about ego with people, whenever like even when we have these discussions in the office and like you know my personal social media following and like all of this kind of stuff mm. and my my excuses that I do it for the Muslim vibe, like you know I'm, <laughs> I gotta I gotta I gotta amass the friends and the followers and whatever else like yeah. get the message out there. But I'm sure a part of me enjoys that kind of like oh look I've got this many followers or whatever. Yeah, that's the difficulty. Um, that was more of a I guess a comment on my part. But then I wanted to ask you guys. Um, 
the poetry space, and this is something I realised uh, last week. I went to see uh, Hassan Minaj, who was um, at Soho hey. Theatre. What? Yeah. Uh, shout out. Oh, do, do you guys know? I what? <laughs> so he was. So oh, I'll tell you the story. He was meant to come in September. He was doing stand up. He was doing stand up. Oh so he was meant to come in September. Okay. Um, and he cancelled and then because we had booked tickets for September they gave us like priority to this like he, he was coming again just now so like we went and like because we got the priority link whatever we booked like front row Oof. and I assume <laughs> so I assume like front row would be like here and he would be like two three meters away but it was like I could touch him <laughs> like, he was that close <laughs> and we were like in the middle as well and and it was it was myself my wife who wears a headscarf her, her sister and some of their friends so it was like five women in headscarves like sat in the front row and he kind of came out and I think for like a second he was just like <laughs> what's, what's, what's going on <laughs> but he didn't he didn't address it he just kind of carried on but anyways sorry this I'm digressing I'm just telling you my husband and I story because it was it was awesome um <laughs> Just matter of fact. Yeah, no, as a matter of fact, it was it was very good. I think he was practicing material maybe for like an upcoming show he's doing, like mm-hmm. a follow up to the Homecoming yeah. King yeah. Uh, special he had on Netflix, which was yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but so he was like testing out some new material and whatever. But when we walked away, we were discussing it and we said that like whilst all of his point, you know, everything he says is on point and like it's, it really resonated with us and it's great. He's talking about Trump and Islamophobia mm-hmm. and terrorism and all of this. But he's preaching to the choir, mm. right? And and I think what's interesting is that the poetry space, and we had the guys from Kidder, the Kidder Collective. I don't know if you've come across them yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had we had them in um, previously, yeah. and I went to their launch event uh, of the second magazine, and like that art space is like is like a bit of a I wouldn't I, wouldn't, I don't want to say a bubble, but like it's like a community in itself, right? There's like a scene. And I'm I'm not on the scene. I mean, look at how I'm dressed. Look at how you're dressed. I think it says it says a lot, right? I'm wearing a hoodie, and what are you wearing? I'm a wearing sweater? A, 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 yeah, like a shirt, and the, God knows. Anyways, a button up. A, yeah, I'm yeah. So like, we we exist in different <laughs> circles, right? So like, I, ultimately speaking, obviously I'll, I'll see your stuff on social media, or whatever else. Yeah. But that's not the end of the story for you. Like that's just one piece that you've done. That's not like the whole narrative you're trying to get across. Okay. Whereas the audiences in those spaces are often quite open-minded. They're willing to accept different space, you know, the different thoughts and whatever else. And so how do you kind of break through that barrier? Now, obviously you've had great, great exposure with like this recent, um, with, with winning the, the competition, whatever else, but generally speaking, do you not feel like it's just preaching to the choir? Depends on what space you're in. So you do, certain places where it might be a very uh colorful audience in other words there might be very a lot of people from from kind of ethnic background diverse diverse is <laughs> okay <the> <laughs> colorful was nice though looks like a box of creole no so it's a diverse ethnically diverse background um crowd and and then and then other times you might be doing a space that's like pretty much 99 percent muslim and then there are other times where like with the with their poetry slam stuff yeah that really is just a mainstream arts audience so i do most of my shows and most of my performances are in art spaces or in in kind of quote-unquote mainstream arts venues well, so and that's intentional that's but, but the point i'm getting at is that I, I i agree with you in terms of that diversity but it's still an art space yes so there's a certain type of person that won't go to an art to, to a poetry slam or, or to whatever else it might be true so do, do you think there's a way of breaking through that? 
I mean, how do you reach someone who doesn't listen to music if you're a musician? I don't know. <laughs> Same conundrum, right? Like, if at the end of the day, you can only speak to somebody who's willing to listen. Um, I guess the, the idea is that you create something or you are able to execute in a way that resonates with people who aren't necessarily connoisseurs of a particular medium. Yeah. So you might not have to be a super duper hip hop head, but if I rap nice and what I'm saying resonates with you, you, you know, it's like I've heard so many people be like, oh, I don't listen to rap, but I like Eminem. I've heard thousands of people say that to me. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, that yeah. thing of like when you're at such a master level that you can find a way to kind of create something that's palatable for people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the objective. The objective. I mean, <clears throat> there was maybe a couple hundred people at the slam, but the video's been viewed by so many people that would otherwise never ever have have been in that space. Mm. But there's something in there. There's some like universal human thing that's happening, exchange that's happening. I think that's the idea is that you create something that works in that way. Yeah. And then that will allow you to take it to other spaces, you know. And um, I guess a we'll, uh, uh, question for both of you, but I said if you can start, what what's the um, underlying message or difference that you want to make with your poetry so i know it's a bit deep whoa <laughs> i thought it was What's fine purpose, I, I, th- I thought it was fine but i saw your eyes on that crap maybe I'm um <laughs> what's the underlying message i don't know i mean i think i think for me um Interestingly, I was talking to a friend about this the other day and I was saying that um, I didn't want to get tied up in the whole, uh, the craft of poetry too much. I was very minded by the fact that um, poetry for a reading audience is very different to poetry for a listening audience. It's very different to, (laughs) very different, Um, uh, is very different to a conversation that you're having. It's very different to storytelling. It's a style, Mm. very, very different. And the reason is because of a number of factors, but, you know, cadence and atmosphere and, you know, purpose and style, all this stuff, it it really feeds into it. Um, And I think when you start thinking about how am I shaping this for, like the craft, how am I shaping this for this audience? You start to veer away from, for me, I I don't want to veer away from the purpose of it, which again, for me is very much about how am I being true to myself? Is this accurate? Is this true? Did it happen? Was it like this? Um, and but, sorry, can I challenge you on that? Is, is perspective not one of like the, the beauties of, of being a human? In what sense? Like the three of us will walk away from today Yeah. and I'll think it went great. Okay. You guys will think this was the most boring hour you've spent. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's perspective, right? But that's what, no, that's what, what's so special about that. And I, I, I hear you, but my purpose is to put on a page and two people as accurately as possible yeah. what I have experienced. What they take away from that is not in my hands, but it, all I can do is to the best of my ability, put that down. Um, and I was very minded that I didn't want to look at the craft of it. I didn't want to hone it in such a way that it, it is palatable, that it's, you know, I wanted to, 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 to position it in a way that is, is meaningful 
so that I'm not just ranting. Mm. I recently said to someone the difference between a rant and a poem is that a rant is for you, a poem is for the audience. Word. And I think that I, I don't want to rant, I don't want to just speak. Because that's a waste of everybody's time. You don't have to pay to see that most people if they're going to a poetry night or something like that. You know, there's like a, there's some exchange of money happening. <laughs> they're paying to enter the venue or spend money at the venue or something like that, right? Like I'm not, I also, even if they weren't, it's just, you're still giving me your time and your attention, which is very precious. I take that very seriously. Um, and it makes me feel superfluous if I'm just ranting like, uh, you're not my therapist, whatever. Um, and um, so I, I, I do want it to be meaningful but that that is really part of the process of of being accurate like when i'm thinking about it it's it's me processing what i'm going through and going okay well what's the meaning here because yeah i have all these feelings but okay what's the point and then there is an element of craft that would help that because if i am more skilled i'm going to be better able to convey these things um but i'm very minded that this is something I do for me and potentially people like me. I'm not looking to change the world like we were, which is kind of this idea of like getting to people who aren't willing to listen. That's that's something between you and your God, my G. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna try to change your mind. Mm. Um, I have certain experiences. I have, there is enough work to do for me and my kinfolk. Um, I'm not looking to labor with people who would rather cut off their ears than consider listening to me. So that that is how I look at that. The purpose of it then is how do I achieve that? How do I achieve conveying my truth in the most explicitly accurate way possible? And potentially with that, making sure that someone doesn't feel alone in their experiences, doesn't feel like they didn't, there is no space for them. There is no space for specifically young black Muslim women um, whose every aspect of identity is questioned and challenged on a routine basis and they mm. feel that they have to, be, they have to defend themselves. Um, if someone else finds solace or um, companionship or, or support in what I do, welcome, let's talk. If not, I wish you well. Um, check out Osama stuff. Check out Osama stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, there's plenty out there. There's plenty out there. Osama, Osama, Osama what about yourself? What about me? Same question. Don't need to repeat it. <laughs> What's the question? I feel like you zoned out for a while. No, I was listening. I was listening. I was listening. So, um, what, what's the what's the purpose? <clears throat> um, what's the main driver behind the poetry? Like, what's the overall? Like I asked you before, what's the underlying message that you're trying to get across and convey, if any? I think the message changes, man. Um, I don't think I have a slogan to sell. I think... Uh, Apart from I love NY. <laughs> a little bit. So, so I got this from a, uh, from a street uh, vendor, man. It's legit. Didn't get it from uh, H&M. Boycott H&M. <laughs> uh, just thought I'd throw you guys under the bus there. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> Take the heat. I think that... Um, I really strive to, in the same way that Asi is saying, for me there's a real need to explore sincerely and express authentically. But to me, 
the story doesn't have to be factual to be real. That's what allegory is. That's what parable is. That's what story is, right? For me, um, there's a difference between being truthful or literal and being real. So for me, it's a case of like expressing something that I think is real, something that I think is is is. I'm I'm really interested in getting that in doing that thing or seeing that thing or putting that thing in the air that makes you that's just like oh. That's what I want. I want that like little you have to gulp situation. Sure. That's what I want. Um, and like I was saying to you before we started, like for me, poetry is always a, a, a conversation piece. It's always something that I want it that is like a, a, a doorway or a segue into a, a broader conversation about how we're living. Yeah. Um, but I always just want to be honest and... Um, I really want to 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 love people that I perform for. I really have a sincere like need to um have a real interface with people and an exchange and really like feel like I gave people a part of me. I don't know why, but I've always been like that. I've always had that like I really wanted mm. to 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 affect people and be able to kind of have people um benefit that's what it is it's benefit i think for me it's like when you sit back and be like what should i do with my life what should i do da, 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 da. at the end of the day like everybody's dust i don't think really what you do makes a difference so i might as well do what i have fun doing and hope that i benefit people with it that's really it for me you know what i mean yeah like you um it's not a, a case of something super duper grandiose it used to be i used to be like i'm gonna save the world but i think you just start with one person first you know and that can come from an honest conversation that can... i do believe that this has the power to affect people in a way that it can make them question what they think you know i've been at venues and i've had to perform in front of people and i've seen people performing in front of people who might be bigoted or racist or whatever and this is something that, that can start that conversation. Music does this all the time. Hip-hop does this all the time. Yeah. Some hardcore racist might be like bumping Nelly in his car because he likes how it sounds. But don't don't they suspend their kind of bigotedness, I don't know if that's a word, but you know, f for that moment? Yeah, so you could say that's exploitative of them to enjoy the culture mm. without... Uh, giving credence or respect to the creators. Mm -hmm. However, they're not doing that consciously. They're doing that unconsciously. What's actually happening is they just like how it sounds. But what I mean is, is that that's a that's a, an entry point, right? That guy might not be affected, but his kid in the backseat is gonna be like, "Oh, I'm gonna grow up and be the best rapper ever because I love these rappers." You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's yeah, but isn't that just cultural appropriation? No. Why not? Not if you're sincere. I don't think Eminem is appropriating hip-hop culture. I think Eminem transcends. <laughs> that was that, that no, whole thing. No, no, transcends race. Please say transcends race. Eminem does not transcend race. But Eminem uh, is is left out of that conversation specifically because of his, his sincerity and his mm. because he paid his dues. And because he's good. Um... 
my point, I guess, in a very roundabout way, I could have done this in 30 seconds, <laughs> is that art has the ability for you to connect at a very visceral, raw, emotional, human level. Yeah. So when you can have that exchange with somebody, it allows for a connection and a vulnerability and an exchange that may or may not be conscious or subconscious that otherwise your defense mechanisms or your family or your politics or your religion or your house or your community, all of those things would have prevented from happening. But this space allows us to do that. Can I ask, you said something about um, wanting to make sure that the audience takes something away from you, you want to give them something of yourself. So how do you make sure that you're not depleted by that because it's a lot there are if you're thinking everybody in a room takes something from you and it's energy it's it's time it's, yeah. it's who you are how do you how do you do that and you gig a lot so how do you like how do you do it my g like captain gig a lot um <laughs> oh, please let that be an alias please i mean why do you think so many of these uh movie stars have therapists right yeah when you when you when you really do it from a place that's not self-serving and it's you know there's always back to the conversation about ego mm-hmm. there are moments on stage where you do it for yourself and then there are moments when you give yourself to the people there are moments when you give yourself to your words or your cause and there are moments when you do it because you think you look really nice in this shirt and these people are watching you honestly and the, you will have those moments. It's not a case of like, I've conquered my ego. I've not conquered yeah. my ego. It's a case of this whole time I'm doing it. And I'm just trying to say what I have to say because nothing else matters except that this person hears me say this because that's all my life is worth at that point is that I deliver that point and that it reaches where it's supposed to reach. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it does. it is draining. It absolutely is draining. The cure to that I haven't found. Hmm. Um, I've definitely gone through very... I mean, I I say this to people all the time. It's a very lonely um, journey, actually. And and I admit that. I admit that. It's a very lonely place sometimes. Um, And despite all of the support and the love that you get, it is, you know, when you're coming back at 2 in the morning Hmm. off tour by yourself, struggling to stay awake eating Cheetos like it's a lonely place but then you get home and you read a message from somebody who says oh you inspired them and they want to show their kid a video of you like that makes it worth it you know what I mean Mm. but again it's all those things of reminding yourself of your place and everything reminding yourself of your place in front of your creator your place in terms of your servitude to the creation and to the people around you and being around people that uplift you and that value you Mm. Um, and that can give you that energy back Mm. if you're just always in a place where you're getting it sucked out of you then yeah you're gonna you're gonna fall run out at some point can I ask you both um, because when both of you were speaking about when I asked you know why and what the message is you both use very kind of technical um, terms that I I don't entirely understand but it's fine which is not a problem but it, it seems that you guys have an actual understanding of the art form. And what I mean by that is that, like, 
I remember when I was kind of growing up, I used to write random poems on like Facebook, mm. my notes, like, you know, I just put like, as long as the last word rhymes with the next, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And that made me a poet. But I didn't know about cascading, I don't know, something, something to that effect. Cascading? I don't know. Something cadence. Cadence, there we go. I don't know about cadence and, and, and everything else you guys are, are talking about. But as in how, how does someone get into this space in a very serious way? Because as I said, I, I, I count myself to be a poet, but let's be honest, I'm not. Um, well, yeah, okay, technically everyone's a poet and we all have, you know, <laughs> that's fine, but I'm not a poet. Um, but how, how do you guys get into it? Like, is it something that you study? Is it just something that you pick up along the way? Okay, she's looking at you because apparently you're, <laughs> you're going to teach this us. Is, this, is, this is your domain now. <laughs> uh, how does someone get into poetry? Yeah. Seriously. Like serious poetry. But what is serious poetry? Yes, man. Oh. That's what, what is, I was going to say. Okay, right, right, look, all right. If, no, no, okay, your, I, question, your question is, how does one make a career out of poetry? Is this your question? No. I know. Genuinely, like, how, how do you get to that level where, like... Okay, put it this way. that You know that anthology book that we study at school? The poetry? Yeah, yeah the that kind of thing. yeah, yeah. How do you get in there? Like, oh, how, how do those people... Okay, like, so firstly, that's a super white book. Okay, um, let's, let's, let's <laughs> not get into the complex. Just note that, like... <laughs> No, but what, what I mean is the, the fact the fact <laughs> that the fact that we're studying these po- poems at school, right, and yeah. that like we're reading, and this is the thing. So like I read these poems, and I don't see any deeper meaning. I just see the words on the page, right? But then you have to write like a five hundred word essay on what he means about in these two lines. Yeah. But like for me, it's like no, we're just adding. Uh, like it's like doing a tafsir of the Quran, but mm-hmm. it's not the Quran. It's just some random like two lines that I've just written right now. Yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like we're adding meaning where there isn't any. Yeah. But you uh, were just saying that before, weren't you? Like perspective is everything. Yeah. Surely your perspective is just as valid as whatever the. the, the your is. your perspective of someone else's piece. Yeah, because yeah. You, you like when you put it. Yeah, out, fair enough. But well, no, sorry. So so coming back to my <laughs> question is like how. What qualifies someone? How how do you get to that place where it's like you're a. You're a poet. You're on a award. Yeah. So I guess how 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 do you get to a place where you're a, a national award-winning poet like yourself? What's the journey? I guess yeah. Okay. So let's talk about yourself then, Ani. What's the journey been? Everybody has their own journey, man. There's no rules to this, you know. Mm. Um, when Will Smith went onto the set of uh, Fresh Prince, he had never had any acting training. Prior to it showed though. Yeah, no, it did, it did show. It did show. <laughs> early days, early days. Come on, for let's sure, be honest. For yeah. sure, it shows in the first couple of seasons. For yeah. sure. But my point is, is that he just did it, and then eventually became this international movie star. Yeah. Whether or not you like his acting, is another question. But the point is, he's recognized for the work that he does, and yeah. as as a filmmaker. Um. On the other hand, there are people who go to film school or acting school or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they go through that way. But there's no kind of, you know, there are people that, that spend years, they do masters in poetry or do a doctorate mm-hmm. in poetry. There are other people who've never done a quote unquote official type of study program. They just yeah. like to read or they don't, or, mm-hmm. you know, they just, I don't know, have listened to all of little Wayne's catalog of music. And that for them has been an, uh, their kind of anthology mm. right um 
there's no rules and there's no like qualifying what someone whether or not someone's good or not at the end of the day you just spit your piece and you go home and it resonates with whoever it does or it doesn't um if you really want to be in that space and you really want to hone your performance and your craft and stuff in terms of what people what advice i would give people is just to study just whether that's in or out of school just study learn uh read listen to people watch people performing go to shows do open mics rehearse 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 practice practice perform keep putting yourself in front of a microphone um you know learn to make your writing more efficient and economical um if you want to attend workshops attend workshops google is your friend youtube is your friend like you will be a serious poet the day you decide to be as far as i'm concerned mm, that's a word yeah. that's a word i i'm i'm I want to end it there. I, I don't know. Like <laughs> we've had a few of these lines where it's like there's no point carrying on, but we need to do more. <laughs> like I'm, I'm happy. If you, if you guys, anything else to say? Any final thoughts? Uh, thanks to the Muslim vibe, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out the Muslim vibe. Shout out the Muslim vibe. <laughs> but no, thank you both for coming. Um, this has been this has been really enjoyable. Uh, genuinely, like. It's, it's, I'm very lucky that I get to kind of speak to people like yourselves and, and you guys come on and, and do the podcast because it is actually very interesting because it's an entirely different world. As I said, like I don't go to poetry slams. Um, I see the odd video here and there, but then when you kind of sit and talk, you, you, I, I'm learning a lot. Yeah. I know you, you guys do most of the talking, but I'm genuinely learning a lot just from, um, your kind of perspectives and experiences that you've you've been through and and thank you for sharing that with us as you said you know you give a part of yourself to people when you kind of engage with them and talk to them and i think for our listeners at home we're, we're appreciative of both of you for your time and Thanks, effort um i think yeah let's let's call it a day there so where can, where can we get to usman Oh, wow. yeah, sorry. Usman, even. Usman. I've been calling Usman. Usman, yeah. Um, sorry, I, for, I forgot what about that, guys. Usama? What are your socials? So my name's Osama. Not Osman. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> my social media is at Yo Osama. Yo like Yo. Osama like U-S-A-A-M-A. That's Yo Osama. Um, thank you very much to the Muslim vibe. Thank you. And Asya? Uh, get at me on the Twitters. Twitter interwebs. I am uh, A and then Elgadi. That's E-L. G-A-D-Y-A-L-G-A-D-Y. Um, I'll decide later if I'm going to merge my, <laughs> my my poetry stuff with my main stuff. But follow me on there, we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much for, for tuning in today. Um, this has been another episode of the TMV podcast by The Muslim Vibe, sponsored by Wahid Invest. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, and all of that stuff. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wahid helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy.